of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I think there's a lot of hope in the air. We're going to get this thing turned around. I've said it, man. I've tried to be positive. We're going to get through all this. It's going to be all right. We've got to wait a little bit yet, though. we got to be patient here. Where do you want to start today, David? you want to start with the president? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, Joe Biden had trouble again while announcing the student loan forgiveness plan rollout. Got this website that's up there. And we all know what the goal of this really is, right? It's not actually aimed at forgiving anybody's loans. It's aimed at giving people the perception that their loans will be forgiven because this might actually go down in flames, but it won't go down in flames until conveniently, boom, after the midterms. That's right. Correct. So if it goes down in flames, it'll happen then. And, you know, then they'll be able to scam some people into voting for them. That's the Democrats' plan right now. Uh, But Joe Biden was talking about the potential for scammers. Uh, and reminded people that the federal government won't just call you asking for things like banking records or social security numbers related to this program. Well, that's a nice reminder for him to give. You can get calls if you do this and we'll pay that. You can get relief. That's fraud. If you get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. President Ron Burgundy strikes again. He read <laughs> DOT. It's a stutter, guys. It's a, it's a stutter. Okay. DOTFTC dot gov. Oh my oh goodness. Oh my. Oh jeez. What? <laughs> I'm Joe Biden. <laughs> I was thinking, you know, because a lot of this, as we've mentioned before, if you haven't heard the clip, you don't want to hear it before the show. You want a natural response. <laughs> right. I, th- I keep thinking this is going to be, you know, McGurkin all over the place. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> and the big payoff is D-O-T. D-O-T-F-T-C. Something. Dot gov. Relief for tots. Whatever. Okay. Yes. Um also, Joe Biden wanted to talk about how Republicans got PPP loans forgiven. Yeah, he, he started trying to head off the criticism of this bailout um, and brought up the pande- uh, pandemic era paycheck protection program loans. Now, the PPP loans were literally sent out as grants and only became loans if the person who got them didn't meet certain criteria. Mm-hmm. But he's comparing that to saying, hey, I know you signed on the dotted line on a contract that said you were taking out a loan, but if somebody has a problem with that, it's basically the same as these PPP loans. 
Okay. I don't want to hear from Republican officials again who heard, who had hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars in pandemic relief loans, the PPP loans, but who now attack the working middle class Americans for getting relief. And these are members of Congress who received oh, those oh, loans. Hold on, it, hold on. I love that middle class workers. Mm-hmm. Who is it that was going to benefit mostly from the student loan forgiveness program? It tends to be people who come from a little bit of money. Really? Yeah. People that went on to graduate school? Yeah. Hmm. Hard-working families, Americans, middle class, Joe. Full of crap. These are members of Congress who received those loans. They didn't do anything wrong, but they qualified. They qualified for up to, in one case, $2 million. And despite what the Republican officials say, we can afford, we're able to afford the student loan relief. Whoa! Okay, there's a couple things to break down. First of all, again, you haven't answered the question, why should working class people that never went to school pay for other people to go to school, especially when it was some sort of degree that does no good? doesn't really matter. It's not up to them to pay for somebody else's loan. They want to go to a four-year school and enjoy the rock wall and all the amenities that this university had to offer, living their best life ever from age 18 to 22, and the working-class person that went to work right out of high school has to pay for their good time. Up yours. No. That's the first point. Mm -hmm. The second point is what? We can afford. We're able to afford the student loan relief. We're thirty-one trillion in debt. They had a big year selling popcorn door to door. How is that? How, what is he trying to say there, David? How do we have the money? Oh, because you know his plan is to just print more. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, you hear the different. I mean, people that you trust, like business leaders, talking about the economy, how things really work talking about it's going to be a slog man oh yeah for several months like way into 2023 there's a bloomberg uh analysis that said yeah basically 100 percent of a pretty bad recession and part of that is because the housing market is by necessity and by design going to collapse somewhat yep not in the same way that what happened in 08 it's not subprime mortgages but but what it is is just there's going to be a massive slowdown in demand for housing which Dude. is what the Fed is trying to do. And so they're talking maybe 2024 is where the housing recovery happens. In some places, and I've heard the reports out of California, you can buy half the house now that you could just this past January yeah, because of the interest rates. But that's because the Fed raised the rate. Yeah. And you're like, well, the Fed's ruining everything. The Fed should have raised the rate six months before they did. Yeah. They just kept kicking the can down the road. And at some point, at some point you got to pay the piper. Yeah, it's usually common sense, isn't it? Well, I mean, it is good to know the student loan forgiveness thing. There's there's money for it, though. That's been set aside. (laughs) It's be a special account that Joe has set aside there. Yeah. Yeah. All this stuff is going to turn fast when the midterms are over. And I wonder if legacy media is actually going to start doing some reporting. You know, there's really not money for that student loan forgiveness program. Well, you no. don't say. No, people, m- most legacy media types will never do it because they directly benefit from this program. Right. Unreal. You know, one of the pieces of audio you had yesterday, David, was Karine Jean-Pierre talking about abortion. 
And one of the things she said, I, I want to remember this, and I don't have it in front of me, but that it was what towards women? It was some crazy it was word an that she used. On yes, women's that's freedoms, it. yes. An assault on women and their freedoms. Yeah. And this is absolutely a huge issue for the midterms, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see the uh, the piece that came out about how independent women have swung hard toward the Republicans? Yep. Despite the Democrats doing the big abortion push again and again and again. And this is from the failing New York Times Siena College poll released yesterday. That... 49% of voters plan to vote for the Republican nominee to represent their House district. 45% say they'd back their Democratic opponent. But when you get into the numbers and you get into independent women, um, Democrats had a 14-point lead a month ago. And within a month's time, Republicans now hold an 18-point lead with independent women. Wow. Wow. That's That's big. What do you attribute that to, like off the top of your head? I think there's a couple of different things. One of them is the economy, people trying to do a household budget. On average, it tends to be women who are uh, doing the grocery shopping, they're managing the grocery budget, um, and they're looking at how their take-home pay and their spouse's take-home pay is not going nearly as far as as it used to, and they're noticing that. And they're saying, okay, what's happening right now isn't working for me. I think, too, that they uh, outkick the coverage with the abortion thing. Because I do think rational thinking people, while they might be pro-choice, want some sort of parameter set on it. Oh, we know that. And and and, yes. and there isn't one from the other side. And that's the only thing they got going for them. So that's what they continue to promote because there's nothing else to talk about. Well, you know. You remember this? I think you had the audio at the time, David. It was Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. And it was Republican Matt Gorman talking about abortion. And Yamish Alcindor was there. (laughs) And Claire McCaskill. Yeah. Right? And they're talking about, is that, you know, I think Chuck was asking the Republican, Matt Gorman, hey, did 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 the GOP need to change their messaging on this right now? Because it seems like they're taking on water here, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the GOP's got to change how they're talking about this? I don't think it's an issue in the 2020 at all. I mean, I talk to Republicans every day who see these internal polls. It is not in the top four of issues. Even look at your poll last month. It was eight percent. It was under climate change. Right. Do you issue. think democracy, though, is is sharing some of those uh, that the <laughs> so those are concerned about the abortion decision? Maybe are also just concerned about democracy falling. Uh-huh. I, I had to stop because you rolled your eyes there, David. Well, yeah, no, just don't, but don't you think they care about democracy? And and look, I, I think the other part is that Democrats, like Scott said, they've overplayed their hand because some of the rhetoric since Roe v. Wade was overturned yes. has just become downright ghoulish. I mean, you yes. actually have people going out and saying, we're not just pro-choice, we're pro-abortion. And a lot of people who would describe themselves as pro-choice would never want to describe themselves as pro-abortion. Because that's right. that's been the talking point for my entire life. I'm not pro-abortion. I'm pro-choice. And now all of a sudden, all of that that they've that they've had drilled in their heads for decades is gone. And a lot of people would like to know where do you set the guardrail? Exactly. Is it 15 weeks? Is it 20 weeks? They want to know. And when they hear the whole, well, it should be up to the doctor and the mother. <laughs> 
they think, oh my gosh, you're talking about you. Okay, my yes. my crazy Republican uncle on Facebook was right. They're okay with basically yep. infanticide. Yeah, and you never know at the time. But that 15 week part of the conversation that Graham put out there, maybe it was a good thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man, because that's the it's always been the part of the conversation the left doesn't want to have. But if you remember this conversation, Yamish and Claire jump in. And, man, they've turned out to be wrong. Category. I, I don't know how the, the, the question was phrased, but I think with abortion and threats to democracy, we tend to c- connote it with, okay, it's Democratic base, angry at Trump, mm-hmm. or it's pro-choice, angry at the decision. Not necessarily the case. That could be a single-issue voter on abortion who's so thankful, you know, pro-life, or folks in the Republican base being Biden's you on the way to socialism. I like you it. say that as someone who's been out on the campaign trail, even if you ask uh, a voter right now about mm-hmm. health care or about the state of democracy, abortion comes up 90% of the time. It's- and I think that to say it's not an issue, I think, is very... Very interesting to, to hear because just as someone who's out there reporting, abortion is absolutely an issue, along with inflation, along with the, stru- the, the issues. <laughs> She's in the bubble. Yeah, but that's also the difference between covering a political rally and yep. actually talking to people. Yep, correct. And you go to a political rally. Oh heck yeah, that's going to be a big issue on both sides. That's going to be a big issue. Yep. You talk to people, just everyday Americans. That's gonna, nope. You're going to get a completely different takeaway. And every once in a while, you'll talk about the screeching from the left. Literally screeching from yeah. Claire McCaskill when she comes in there. She's just not I I hope Matt keeps saying that everywhere he goes, that abortion really isn't an issue in this election. I think it is exactly what infuriates women when they hear that. They, they, they may, when you're asking a poll what's the most important issue. You may not be comfortable saying abortion. Right. But if you say to a woman, <laughs> we are now in your state, like they are in my state, forcing incest victims to give birth. <laughs> when you are having doctors having to make life and death decisions around whether they go to prison or whether they take care of their patients. And that's that's where it gets hysterical. Yeah, of course. And people know it's less than 1%. They just don't want to have the conversation. It hasn't worked out. But that's that, man. From 14% for Democrat to 18% for Republican. That swing in a month. Holy smokes. Uh, DeSantis is making news today. And Kevin Spacey now says his father was a neo-Nazi. What? Okay. We'll get to all of it coming up right here. Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Looks like uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has defended Elon Musk. There was this controversy. You know, Elon Musk tweets out, hey, here's, uh, you know, an idea for peace between Russia and Ukraine. He was talking about redoing elections of annex regions under U.N. supervision and Crimea, formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783. You mean he just didn't want to write blank checks to him and just say, here? Well, I think he's saying, you know, this is not going to end well if we get the nukes or anything else. Here's something. And a Ukrainian diplomat told Elon Musk to bleep off. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. In a tweet. And so then Elon Musk said, well, I've been offering, you know, the SpaceX Internet for you guys for free. It's costing me millions of dollars. I'll do what you recommended, which is bleep off, and you can start paying me or you're getting no more internet. Right. 
Good for him. And all of a sudden, oh, Elon Musk is the devil. Yeah. I actually saw a writer from the Atlantic today. David Frum is his name. And boy, he oh, that is guy. just one of the angriest, dumbest political commentators out there who suggested that we rely on past wartime precedent and uh, have Joe Biden nationalize the Starlink system, which is that, which is Elon Musk's, that, right. what he's using yeah. to provide Internet to Ukraine. Uh, except the problem is we're not at war with Russia. I mean, not officially. I, I know we can all, I proxy, think, agree right. that we got a proxy war going on, and yes, we're involved, but we have not declared war. So what would actually be the legal justification for hijacking a private company in service of a foreign nation at war with a different foreign nation? There is none. It's insane. Yes. And so now there are reports that Elon has backed off and not asking for the money or that that the Pentagon's going to pay it because he said it's going to cost $120 million for the rest of the year for the Starlink. I mean, and then you're talking about $400 million for the next 12 months. And so where does DeSantis fit into all this? He was asked about it. And what was it? Uh, something about an Elon Musk uh, hiccup or misstep. You know, what do you think of that? And here's DeSantis. Well, I don't think he's had a hiccup. I mean, I think what's happened, so I think most of you know, when the Russia-Ukraine, when Russia invaded Ukraine, Elon Musk positioned his satellites over Ukraine and gave them these things. So they've actually been using his devices to be able uh, to defend their country. And um, I guess some of the people in the, in the government were attacking Musk. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, he's doing this for free. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. Good Lord. I mean, have a little bit. So, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons people like him. It's just common sense. Because mm -hmm. yeah, the president, Zelensky, he conducted a poll on Twitter asking people who they like more. And Elon Musk, who supported Ukraine or one that supported Russia. It's like, dude, you better stay in your lane. Yeah. You should be very thankful. Guy hasn't been paid. Jeez. Um, oh, the news on Kevin Spacey. Uh, he said his father was a neo-Nazi. Mm -hmm. And I think this is somehow to get people to feel sorry for him yeah. because he's got the trial going on. If you're familiar well, with the trial. he Sexual misconduct here. I mean, he, he had the a minor. history of attacking young men. Yeah. I mean, isn't that actually the plot to American Beauty? Kind of. Yeah. Where the guy, actually, in that case, I guess the neo-Nazi was a closeted gay? Yes. Yes. Well, he took the stand in this trial. This guy, the alleged victim, is suing Spacey for $40 million. He took the stand and said, uh, I grew up in a very complicated family dynamic. Uh, my father was a white supremacist and neo-Nazi. So what does that mean? You're forgiven? Okay. A news update you don't want to miss. Next. Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer is Scott Robbins. 
Real quick before we move on, I mentioned Kevin Spacey, the trial, where he testified yesterday. It's you got a, an alleged victim, Anthony Rapp. He's 40 now. He's suing Kevin Spacey for $40 million. Um, this allegedly happened in 1986. Spacey tried to force himself on this underage kid. Mm. So I mentioned that Kevin Spacey out of nowhere mentions, well, my father was a white supremacist and neo-Nazi. What brought that about? Just I, I think it's sort of uh, you're looking for some sort of sympathy in some sort of way. Although he still denies the charges. That made you attract, attracted to underage boys? Well, he said it meant that my siblings and I were forced to listen to hours and hours of my father lecturing us about his beliefs. He used to yell at me at the idea that I might be gay. And he said he also regrets that he apologized to Anthony Rapp when he first accused him. He said the hashtag MeToo movement was gaining steam at the time, and he was advised from his publicist not to push back, or he would come off as a victim shamer. So he said, I've learned a lesson, which is never apologize for something you didn't do. Okay, who's in the line that's not buying this? No, I'm, I'm in there with you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Interesting defense, though. Well, they threw out, the judge threw out Rapp's claim of intentional infliction of emotional distress, but Spacey's still on trial for sexual assault and battery. So that was the end of that story um, before moving on. And, dude, golly, talk about people going after kids. And in Virginia, this Democrat. Yeah. You wonder sometimes, how did we get to this point? And I suppose you could say, well, it's a little bit at a time. But this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Virginia Democrat wants to give the state the right to take away the kids of a parent who, or I'm sorry, the kids of parents who don't go along with the trans social contagion. If you don't affirm your child's chosen gender, they'll send the child protective services your way and ruin your life. That's oh my a promise. Gosh. That's what they want to do. Uh, do you have an idea? Is there an age on that or is it just any kid? It would have to be under 18. I would right? think. But I mean yeah. like a 10-year-old. I'm a girl. Little boy says I'm a girl. You have yeah, to affirm it or they're taking him away. Yeah, because that, that would, under what this uh, delegate, uh, Elizabeth Guzman, is saying, what she thinks is that that's emotional and, and uh, that's that's abuse. Oh, God. And so no, therefore, she has it in reverse. Yeah. Uh, the state lawmaker who's pushing this, again, is Delegate Elizabeth Guzman. And the local ABC affiliate asked her what, her, what the punishment should be. And what's really interesting is okay. that the reporter who did this interview actually publicly asked, why is it that the Washington Post didn't include this answer when they were writing about, uh, about this effort? Because they wrote about it in very sympathetic terms. Of course they did. All right, let's listen to this. What could the penalties be? If, you know, the investigation concludes and it's concluded that a parent is not affirming of their LGBTQ child, what could the consequences be? Well, we first have to have an investigation, you know, and before we make the determination that there's going to be a CPS charge. What's that, David? Then before there's a, ter- a determination that there's going to be a CPS charge, there's going to be an investigation. Okay. Just a little bit. Little yeah. noise in the background. Make sure we all hear it the same way. Depending on the type of abuse, and this is for all abuse, not only LGBTQ. Yeah, it's for all abuse, not only LGBTQ. Are you hearing this okay, Scott? Mm, well, I'm kind of. Yeah. It's... So David's helping you right now. 
Yeah, I'm like Fetterman. Just put it in front of me. Just <laughs> type it out so I know. I know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You know, it could be a felony, it could be a misdemeanor, but we know that CP, a CPS charge could harm, you know, your employment. Could... Okay. Yeah. Felony. Could be a felony, could be a misdemeanor. Um, but we also know that a CPS charge looks bad on your record. Might not be able to get that job you want. Well, sure. Yeah. Holy smoke. Harm your education because nowadays many people uh, have those. They do a CPS database search before offering employment. This is unreal. See? You know, so if I don't affirm, my child says to me, my, yeah. if my daughter comes to me at yes. nine years old and says, Dad, I'm a boy. Mm-hmm. And if I don't say, well, no, you're not a boy, then CPS could, in her world, take my child away and leave me with the with the record of being an abusive parent. Yes. Am I correct in assuming this? Or, or not even just take your kid away, but say you will affirm. You will. What if my daughter doesn't want to go to bed at, at 8 o'clock at night? I need bedtime affirmation. <laughs> and I tell her, well, no. You're going to go to bed at 8. You can't stay up till 10. She goes to CPS. Am I inflicting mental damage on her by telling her no? Again, man, Where's somewhere... that apples and oranges? I don't know. Some of these people have taken over the thought of the kids are ours. They're not yes. yours as parents. They're ours. No. Holy smokes, man. No, that's not happening. Parents yeah. will not stand for it. No. Absolutely not. And again, you're basing all of this on some sort of pseudoscience that you have no idea. We, we're experimenting on these kids with puberty blockers yeah. and surgeries. There are already kids, I mean, it's a big movement that's happening and growing every day of the kids that have transitioned and now wish they never would have. And they are demonized to a degree. It's it's freaking evil, man. Yep. There's nothing else you could say about it. And again, you ask, how in the world did we ever get to this point where someone would say that? I couldn't have imagined that five years ago. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Um, other news out there. Uh, Megan Markle, uh, first of all, she'd like you to respect her privacy. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but she's on a podcast. You know, she's got her own podcast. Oh, of course. <laughs> As you respect her privacy. Please respect my privacy. Uh, the Oprah. Duchess of Sussex um, on this episode uh, was reminiscing on her fascinating experience as a briefcase girl on Deal or No Deal back in 2006. Okay. Season two. Okay. And this was in the New York Post. I saw the story. I thought, is this one of the most important things happening today? The answer is no. But I knew Robbins would want to hear it, so I wanted to include it in the show today. Um, and maybe you can show a little sympathy for Meghan no, Markle. No, I can't, but go ahead. Um, she said that she was grateful for the job, but she felt she was valued for all the wrong reasons. Well, of course you were. Of course you were. Well, as a that was the girl. job. Wear as little as possible. Hey, look cute. Open the door. And, and what? You're not splitting atoms here. First of all. You're opening the, what? You, that's the whole idea. That was not her job. Okay. She wasn't opening doors. She was opening briefcases. <laughs> what? Okay. Whatever. Climber, 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 climber. She said. She survived solely on that. She said, again, she was valued for the wrong reasons. 
She said, How am um, I supposed to value her? How? Well, she said, in college, I was being valued specifically for my brain. Okay. But here I was being valued for something quite the opposite. Yeah, somebody made you wear that dress and sit up there and, and shake it for dough. And someone made her pose for these right. pictures in a certain way. Held a gun to her head and said, here you go. I imagine you had to have you had to learn calculus before you took that job. <laughs> she said, "I get so tired of this stuff." The Duchess of Sussex went on to say, "There was a very cookie cutter idea of precisely what we should look like." Yes. She shared that the girls would line up at tapings for different stations where they would put on lashes, get extensions put in, or get padding in their bras, even receiving spray tan vouchers every week. She said it was solely about beauty and not necessarily about brains. <laughs> well, yeah. See, that's what happens when you start talking. You just got to quiet down over there. Uh, Megan shared one detail she would never forget. When one producer on the show who couldn't pronounce her last name would scream, Markel, suck it in. Well, yeah. Apparently, she she was one of several uh, briefcase holders, and honestly, yeah. to that producer, probably just a piece of meat there to look good on camera. Yeah. That's, that's yes. how that industry works. So, the, and part of that story from the Post was uh, she ended up quitting the show. She said she was thankful for the job, but not how it made her feel, which was not smart. said, I was surrounded by smart women on that stage with me, but that wasn't the focus of why we were there. I would yeah. end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing I was so much more than what was being objectified on the stage. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Wah, wah, wah. And that's Poor why <laughs> Deal or No Deal started the segment, Get to Know the Briefcase Girls. <laughs> where they demonstrate. <laughs> they demonstrate their intellect. Absolutely. Uh, oh, boy. You know, and then you got comments coming in. Who would have ever thought Prince Harry would take the eighth most hot briefcase girl on Dealer Deal? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I just made that up. Anyway, uh, oh man, other news out there. Um, wow, the founder of Nike, Phil Knight, has donated millions, not to the Democrat in the Oregon governor race. We got to get to that. There are a lot of people turning around with their political beliefs all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, this one really surprised me, though, from the woke Nike. Yes. Yeah. Um, another survey out there talking about young adults now, things that they think that their parents got right. Hey, that's something positive. Not like how you ruined my life. Right. But what I actually think you got right. So the full story here is this. Boomers, you, Scott, yeah, and your ilk... Take a lot of ribbing from young people for the uncool things that they did or they currently do. Things like using the thumbs up emoji. That's what it actually says in the story. But a lot of young adults are talking about things that their parents' generation got right. And this is what they said. Okay. And feel free to comment. All right. The neighborhood watch. Yeah, I suppose. No. Not sharing everything about their lives like people do on social media now. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, some of the people who do the most oversharing on social media are 
are the boomers I know. A lot of them are boomers, yeah. I suppose if you pulled this show, who shares the most? Right. <laughs> well, I would be definitely. I'm the only one on it, so yeah. Right. It's not good for our mental health, Scott. I know. Um, well, for show stuff, but not personal. You know what I mean? Uh, fixing things as opposed to just throwing stuff away and buying new stuff. No, see, I throw That's... stuff away and just buy new stuff. And David's the opposite. Yeah. He fixes stuff. Yeah. He's a handyman. Um, hospitality to total strangers. You're just nice to people. No, not really. No, I mean, oh. most of an older generation, not you specifically. No, but no. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that that generation, David, is nicer to people in general than people from your generation? I think I think there is a difference if you're if you're taking a very 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 broad view, there mm-hmm. is a difference uh, between a mentality of knowing that you're supposed to fit within a greater societal structure, mm-hmm. knowing that it's not all about you every time you walk into a room. That doesn't mean you mm-hmm. have to be a doormat, but you know, but it's not just about you. Um, as opposed to some younger generations who are just completely in their own bubble, in their own headspace. Right. And sometimes that's just in the phone. That being said, I mean, the first documented, I'd like to see the manager, was a boomer. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, one last thing that they mentioned. Um, owning physical copies of music and movies rather than digital everything. I went all digital, so I'm out of that one, too. But you used to. Oh, no, I used to, yeah. Used to, yes. Okay. So the Nike founder donates millions to Democrats' rivals in Oregon. we got to get to that and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robert Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Have you noticed the polling that gets reported all over the place? Governors' races that looked like for sure would go to a Democrat all of a sudden, oh yeah, are neck and neck or yeah. flip the other way. Well, and and in some places like Texas, where there was thinking that maybe Democrats could make inroads, it's just not even close. No. Well, New York has tightened up considerably. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like Arizona may flip. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, and a lot of people have talked about Oregon. Well, they could have a Republican governor for the first time in decades. And Nike co-founder Phil Knight threw some money behind, well, part of it was the Republican. Part of it was the Independent. But it wasn't going to Democratic candidate Tina Kotek. Mm-hmm. Um. Apparently, Phil Knight did an interview with failing New York Times and said one of the political cartoons after our legislative session had a person snorting cocaine out of a mountain of white. It said, which of these is illegal in Oregon? And the answer was the plastic straw. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, yay, donated a million dollars to the Republican candidate, Christine Drazen. And three point seven five million to the Indy and Betsy Johnson. Five thirty eight. This Drazen has a three point lead right now. Yeah, it's going up. Yeah, it officially flipped. I think yesterday or maybe it was on Friday, where Drazen was up one point in their aggregate polling, which is huge. 
and would be an amazing step forward in reclaiming sanity in Oregon. Well, the Independent has 16 and a half. Yeah. They're in third, but that's a pretty big number. Yeah, she's doing the Lord's work by taking votes away from the Democrat, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I suppose you could say, well, is Phil Knight, is that what he's doing here? Appearing still on the left while helping the Republican get elected? Maybe. Because <laughs> appearances still mean something. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want the state run like this anymore. It's insanity. There's a lot of that mm-hmm. going on. There was another piece out there, and I think it was, is it The Hill? I can't remember. There are a lot of different conservative-type companies that are emerging and identifying as conservative yeah. or traditional values that is creating this different marketplace for consumers mm-hmm. so that they can feel good about the money that they're spending because you have all these Fortune 500 companies that are so woke. Right. The people just don't feel good about buying the products anymore, but they're looking for replacements, and that's going to be growing and growing, which is also a pretty cool thing. Like maybe, I don't know, a replacement to Nike. (laughs) You never know. We'll see. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Thank you for being here. Fresh audio from the president, David? Yeah. So Joe Biden was doing a little rally uh, about, rest- uh, he called it the Restore Row rally. So the closing argument, again, less than a month before the midterm elections, apparently, is just all going to be abortion because they got nothing else to to run no, on. That, no, that's it. And even right. That's e- it. And even then, they've overshot the landing in a big way because a lot of people are going, well, wait a minute, you, you keep skirting the issue of what restrictions you're okay with on abortion and well, poll after poll after poll after poll for decades has shown that once you start getting into that second and especially third trimester, people are very squishy on abortion. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's common sense because especially in the third trimester, like, that's obviously a human being that you're ending the life of. I mean, yes. I that, think we've been saying that for years. Right. Um, anyway, as he was wrapping up the speech, something weird happened. I don't know what this is, but uh, I just want to play this for you. We are. We are the United States of America, and there's nothing beyond our capacity. So vote, vote, vote. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. Sorry? Yeah. Hmm. Then there's a, a, a long pause, and let me see if I can pick up this audio where he comes back to the microphone. Oh. Apologizing for my back. My mother would be very angry. I was talking with people with my back to them. I apologize. What? I was apologizing for my back. I was talking because he has people behind him on stage. A lot of politicians do. Yeah. All of a sudden, it <laughs> struck him that that was rude. 
After all these years of making speeches with people behind him, in front of him, some to the sides. Did you see a vision of his mother? I don't know. Vote, vote, vote. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. He just says, thank you. I'm sorry. Not looking at anybody. Just Here comes Jackie Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's not right. I, I, mean, don't, I don't know what else I, to say. What, was he apologizing to that invisible person he keeps trying yeah, to shake see, hands with? I don't know. With? That's just it right. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ghost pal. I can't shake your hands because people are asking questions about it. I don't know. Maybe he already thought he was in confession. Devout Catholic Joe Biden gives pro-abortion speech. He needs to apologize, but he just did it prematurely. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. I'm sorry. Hmm. Thank you. I'm sorry. He puts the mic down. Well, maybe he can't make it to uh, to church on Sunday, so he's doing it now to yeah, get yeah. ahead of it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It's just the, it's the weirdest damn thing, man. He just says, thank you, I'm sorry, and then sort of stares off into space and puts the microphone down. Golly, man. What you is know, going even, on? I don't know, dude. There, there's, <laughs> there's something not right with him. We know that. Dementia, whatever. But even when people are thinking he's making sense and can get the words out, it doesn't make sense. I think we were going to save this. Can we play where he's talking about how we need more money to prevent pandemics? Yeah, this was yesterday when he was announcing the rollout of the student loan debt forgiveness website. And randomly, he started talking about more money for pandemics. I, okay, let's what? try Let's try to make sense of this. This is what I'm trying to say. Okay, roll it. Roll out keeps that commitment. What? Just as I'm keeping my commitment to relieve student debt as borrowers recover from this economic crisis caused by the once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. I hope, God forbid, I say once-in-a-lifetime, that gets me to another issue. We need more funding for this, but at any rate, for dealing with future pandemics. Okay, what does that mean? That we just know. need to stock up cash in case this happens again, and then we won't have to borrow it? I, I assume. Like a Christmas club? It's a pandemic club? <laughs> you start putting money in it like early? <laughs> get, get, get but like we're $31 trillion in debt. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem. Maybe if we wouldn't have done gain of function, we wouldn't be in this mess to begin with. And you keep giving them the maybe, same money. Maybe it's like when you buy Christmas presents all year. It's like you buy like a thousand test kits and put them away now and then you get like a thousand more and put them away and then you get some more and i don't know i have no idea you're asking me i mean you know how you buy socks and you buy clothes it's a little at a time yes you know yeah, so <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know what that means and i can't help my brain you no. bring up test kits and it yeah. reminds me of the other debacle yeah. that again <laughs> three jamokes on the radio could predict easily yeah that the omicron wave was going to come on hard and then it was going to kind of be gone in six weeks we didn't get the test kits for 8 to 12 weeks. Right, and right. for some people, it was months later. Right. It did no good. Right. You can't make it up. Holy smokes, man. Okay, something else we should get to. Speaking of COVID. Uh, oh, this drives you crazy, doesn't it? Yep. You probably heard the story about Boston University and researchers there. Unbelievable. Catching heat for creating a new strain of COVID that might be even deadlier. And yes, they did it on purpose. 
So they took the first virus that spread in 2020, gave it the spike protein that made Omicron so contagious, tested it on mice, and it killed 80% of them. Yeah. Okay. Now they say they used a type of mouse that's very susceptible to COVID, so they doubt it would be that deadly in people, but they're not 100%. Yeah, awesome. It's also one of just 13 labs authorized to handle the most dangerous viruses. So all the safety measures were in place. Mm-hmm. They said it wasn't just college kids messing around. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, Fauci also said we totally trust <laughs> the scientists in the Wuhan lab. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the question is, why? What have you heard is the answer, why? Well, it's they, gain of function, right? Aren't they doing the well, same no, thing? Well, no, see, they, they changed the definition of gain of function to where if you're doing this, which until a few years ago would have been considered gain of function, but if you don't know for sure that it's going to actually make the virus deadlier or more transmissible, then it's not actually gain of function research. Well, but, but if it is <laughs> right. deadly, yeah, then it is gain of function. Well, well, no, the no, no. From the you outset, create something that is deadly, and then you find an antidote to it before it's so, unleashed on the rest of us. So the way that they've this this linguistic wizardry that they've yes, done right. is saying unless you know that you're going to make it deadlier or more transmissible by messing with the virus, then it doesn't actually count as gain of function research. So even if you think there's a pretty good chance. As long okay. as you don't say this is what we know is going to happen, okay. then no. These sons of <laughs> this is what they do. Right. Okay. Yep. It's like no it, two quarters downturn, recession. Well, we could be headed toward a recession. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know. So the Wuhan lab, that was not gain of function. No, that's that's Anthony Fauci's argument. Yeah, I know, but it is yeah. gain of function. Okay, it's so frustrating. Well, it doesn't really matter what the terms are. The fact of the matter is you know that you are messing with viruses to see what happens. Yes. Right. And and that's, you know, most people, people would say. People said it's dangerous. We shouldn't do it. Right. Why, why would you do this? And so in this particular case, they're claiming that uh, they want to see how that particular spike protein functions or, or something within the original virus to see, like, basically to track the evolution of the coronavirus to see whether or not they can get ahead of other mutations or whatever. Right. And I'm just sitting over here, and I know I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not a scientist, and certainly not the science itself, like, why is Dr. Anthony Fauci? But I'm over here like, hey, you know that, like, COVID has been getting, as most as many viruses do, less and less deadly over the course of the last couple of years because it needs to do that in order to survive mm-hmm. and keep getting passed around. Why would we want to make it more dangerous? Because natural evolution is actually making this uh, similar to a flu. It's unreal, man. Someday we'll have all the answers. We all have our thoughts. Yeah. But we'll we'll have the answers. The idea that some guy in the lab that spills a little on the bill of his trucker's cap goes out and (laughs) kills like (laughs) half the world because of it. We got to get to the trans surgery stuff. Yeah. Is NBC really saying that no one's doing trans surgery on my Yeah. So the backdrop what? to this is that Arkansas is in court now over its ban on trans surgeries for minors or what, you know, media wants to euphemistically call gender affirming care. 
Uh, they're being there sued in federal court by four families and two doctors, the ACLU's involved in this. Now, they say the ban violates the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment by discriminating on the basis of gender identity and violates the First Amendment by limiting the speech of medical uh, providers. Now, NBC News' uh, Joe Yurkaba gave this analysis, and this is astounding. Yurkaba. A lot of the language in these bills um, is like mutilation. It refers to surgery being performed on children. But in reality, uh, that isn't happening anywhere in the U.S. Um, In very rare cases, sometimes older minors will receive surgical care. But in reality, what they're most often getting are things like puberty blockers, which are entirely reversible. And that's only at the onset of puberty. No, they're not. Those are not reversible. That's a load of crap. No. Do your research, you hack. You're getting piped into millions of people. You got to be better than that. I know you're just getting your freaking marching orders from somewhere else, but that's terrible. Puberty or um, older teens often receive uh, hormone replacement therapy. Those surgeries are absolutely going on. It's been proven. Yeah. Yeah, they are happening. And again, why are there multiple families in court now fighting for the right to do something that isn't happening? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, what's happening in Arkansas is a big deal because this is the first major case involving whether or not the state can actually limit these types of elective surgeries, and and we'll see what happens. I mean, this is this is the kind of thing that very well could, over the course of the next couple of years, wind up in the Supreme Court. They're minors. How many things do we not let minors do? But you're saying that a surgery that's going to change your life based on your emotions at age 13 or 14? Are you crazy? Evil people, man. And as far as NBC, along with the le- the rest of legacy media, enemy of the people, absolutely. I mean, there's no question about it. Dang, man. All right. We got the story of a Russian mayor who is offering what to families whose sons get sent to war? Because oh. we have, the Russia's had a bunch of dudes, like, bailing out of there. Oh, I don't want to go Yeah, they're trying to round up as many young men as possible to go fight in Ukraine. And in this town of uh, Yakutsk, which is the coldest major city in the world with an average temperature of 17 degrees year-round, it, it'll get up to, like, the high 60s. And then I think the lowest ever recorded was minus 84. Whew. So, misery. The mayor is trying to sweeten the pot. Uh, According to the BBC, the mayor has announced that families of mobilized residents could go to a local support center for a one-off package of vegetables. What? Your son's going off to Ukraine to fight in this stupid war, but here's a, for one time, we're going to give you a bag of cabbage, potatoes, (laughs) carrot, beetroot, and onions. I'll say we didn't give you nothing. There's some some veggies, one time only. There's your offer. Sign up now. (laughs) Golly. Holy smokes. At least you got, like, free college here. (laughs) Okay, there's a whole lot to get to, including uh, the Biden family and the potential criminal conduct. Yes, finally, next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, I feel like I might be getting hopeful here because I want to see justice. 
and I'm afraid David Van Camp's going to say it's never going to happen. I'm talking about the FBI uh, records detailing Joe Biden's family and potential criminal conduct. Because Chuck Grassley, senator from Iowa, said, my office has received a significant number of protected communications from highly credible whistleblowers, which have increased since my initial outreach to your offices. That's what he's saying to the FBI. Based on recent protected disclosures to my office, the FBI has within its possession significant impactful evidence with respect to potential criminal conduct by Hunter Biden and James Biden. Yeah. That's Joe's brother. Nothing's going to happen out of this. Nothing. I'm afraid you're right. No, I, I agree with you, too. I mean, nothing will happen. Yeah. I hope, man. You I think, mean, it, if, you if, think if, maybe after the midterms, after the shift, that perhaps that's it will? That's what I'm hoping. I, I, I think you could probably look at the potential scenario where someone talks to Joe and says, hey, by the way, I don't know if you've read the Washington Post in the last couple months, but they are reporting that maybe the feds are going to crack down on your son for some tax issues. Now, we can make this all go away, Joe, Mm -hmm. and you can bow out with grace, and you can say, you know what, wouldn't you know it, I've got dementia, Hmm, and then resign. Or we can nail your son's hide to the wall. Your choice, Joe. Um, someone might have that conversation with him, but well, the idea my that hope is that the FBI gets gutted because it needs it. Oh, it won't because there aren't any Republicans who actually have the guts to do it. Man, we need Republicans in there that do have the guts to do it. Mm-hmm. Chuck Grassley seems to be hot after this. It seems to be legit. Of course, he's gone after people before it hasn't happened for him. One of my favorite Chuck Grassley pieces of audio of all time. Remember after the debacle of 2008 and you had basically <laughs> the big financial institutions bankrupt the world? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terms. Was... AIG was one of them. Yep. Okay. And Grassley was doing an interview and said, this is what should happen. I think this was in 2009 when we were trying to find out because Obama had said, they're all going to go to jail. Anybody responsible for defrauding people are going to go to jail. And Grassley said this at the time. The first thing that would make me feel a little bit better towards them, if they'd uh, follow the Japanese example and come before the American people and take that deep bow and say, I'm sorry. Yes. And then either do one of two things, resign or uh, go commit suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about that one, didn't you? You got two choices there. (laughs) That's old school. <laughs> wow. Apologize or go kill yourself. Wow. Yeah, there you go. It sounds like it sounds like Van Camp, really, of anybody on the show. Like bringing it back around. Um, this is one of those, I suppose, it's like a throwaway celebrity story, but it's always, this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so cracking up on the Grassley. I left. I forgot the time on the clock. Um, this restaurant owner claims James Corden is his most abusive customer. James Corden? Yes, he's supposed to be the nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's part of the whole mistake. Ah, he's a dope. But, you know, he's fun. Yeah. Chubby guy. Fun. He's whatever. jolly. Uh, apparently, this restaurant owner in New York, Keith McNally, 
owns this restaurant, said he's the most abusive customer to my server since the restaurant opened 25 years ago. Wow. Gave two examples of him being an entitled jerk. Wow. Stuff you never see coming. Uh, David has Peter Stroke audio next. You don't want to miss it. Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, and Scott Robbins, the So Sexy Boomer. Okay, uh, Peter Struck. Is it Struck or Stroke? I, I prefer Struck. I prefer right. Stroke, though. Okay, just Whichever more you prefer. It, it just more accurately describes this guy. So Peter Stroke, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. uh, he is the disgraced FBI official who was part of the scam to try to take down President Trump. And, that was given a job yeah. at CNN yeah. right when he was done while doing a crappy job in his profession before. Yeah, and now he's doing he's making the rounds because huh, he's got a book out, wouldn't you know? Everybody's got to try that? to cash in. Yeah, that, that's, what's, that's what's happening right now. Um, and he was talking a little bit on MSNBC today about the reports that there were some in the FBI who were questioning the way that the Justice Department was going after the people who participated or were there on the Capitol grounds during the Capitol riot last year. Oh, is this later in the book? Is this after the tales of he and his lover got (laughs) caught up in their text messages? (laughs) No, there is a new report this week that there were people within the FBI who were saying, whoa, I mean, prosecuting all these people isn't right. Not, Not in every case. Right. And so Peter Strzok, though, was saying, no, absolutely not. We should be everybody who was even there, even if they did no damage, even though they were just kind of following. Even if the cops held the door open for them, uh, need to be need to be treated like terrorists because what happened on January 6th, according to Peter Strzok, is worse than 9-11. Oh, God. Okay, let's listen to this together. Okay, You haven't heard it, Scott. I haven't no. either. Here we go. 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. Boy. And the fact that the FBI and the rest of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on in the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone. This is a far greater threat to our constitutional democracy than anything we faced in the past 20 or more years. Okay, man. Okay. We need a mental evaluation. Yeah, I thought well, he was just a weird-looking little guy that got caught cheating and yeah. was a good took beating. any job he good could get. is what he needs. Yes, I agree. Golly. If you believe that, that, that if, I mean, if you truly believe it, and I don't think yeah, he does, well, you're mentally ill. You are mentally ill. And if not, then you're just a shill. Either that or you just and have no worse. memory of what happened. If you're mentally ill, it's not your fault. No. Gosh, what a joke that guy is. Really? Where did he say that again, David? That was on MSNBC. Okay. Is he still at CNN or he's done there too? I think it was Andrew McCabe who might have gotten hired at CNN. Oh, and it was Struck. Peter Stroke. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, Stroke. Yeah. Stroke. 
Struck me, struck me. Peter Stroke. Yes. Okay. Um, let's get to something a little bit happier. There's a Senate race in Ohio. Yeah. And it looked for a while like Tim Ryan, the Democrat, was going to beat J.D. Vance. It doesn't look like that anymore. Uh, no, it doesn't. And so last night, uh, the candidates for the Senate race in Ohio had a debate. Tim Ryan, the Democrat, versus J.D. Vance, the Republican. Now, the moderator asked about the great replacement theory. Now, Democrats have used this now to attack anyone who thinks the border crisis is bad. And that there is an actual concerted effort to import as many people in there for a number of different reasons. One, to to put your thumb on the scale when it comes to the census, to eventually provide mm-hmm. a pathway to citizenship and have a grateful voting base for you. But they equate that with this racist theory that there's like white genocide going on. And, right. And so even though they've talked about this in years past as what was going to be a benefit to them. Dude, I, as I'm, a party, it, 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 Beto O'Rourke, the Democrat running for Texas, was bragging about how there are so many Hispanics in Texas and how that was going to change the 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 political landscape of the state of Texas. Yes, just well, like the former, a month former ago, mayor of San Antonio said the same thing. Right. Dick Durbin said it. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, so but but if but if somebody on the right says it, it's this like neo-Nazi white genocide conspiracy right. theory. Well, no, right. those are two different things. But that's what the left always does, right? They wanna they wanna make you try to defend your positions on using their definitions. And I'm glad that guys like JD Vance and others are not going to take this anymore. But anyway, here's the setup to it. Tim Ryan actually blamed JD Vance for the racist killer in Buffalo. Okay. This great replacement theory was the motivator for the shooting in Buffalo, where that shooter had all these great replacement theory writings that J.D. Vance agrees with. Some sicko got this information that he's peddling with, again, those extremists that he runs around with, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, all these guys, they just want to stoke this racial violence. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's right up there with the stroker. Yeah, it is. So uh, here's the response from J.D. Vance. This is a work of art, man. All right. Here's exactly what happens when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging the great great replacement theory. You're peddling it. I'll tell you exactly what happens, Tim. What happens is that my own children, my biracial children, get attacked by scumbags online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me, the father of three beautiful biracial babies, of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. I know you've been in office for 20 years, Tim, and I know it's a sweet gig, but you're so desperate not to have a real job that you'll slander me and slander my family. It's disgraceful. Yeah. All, right, all right. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, well played. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That was really well done. That is a master class right there. That is. You know what, man? He explains it in such a real person way. Off on a tangent for a second. Pull me back in. Dude, it reminded me of something I wrote the day after Trump got elected. Before we went on the air that day, and part of it was there were so many people in America that were tired of being called racist for X, Y, and Z, and one of them was for wanting a secure border. It doesn't make you a racist. And there were so many people on the left saying that at that time. And you just go out and talk to people. You knew 
people aren't racist. That's not what it is at all. But the left uses crap like that to build up some sort of narrative that is supported at big tech and legacy media. And to see somebody as good at what they do as J.D. Vance stand up to it like that, man, it's inspiring. That was good. All right. See, there's hope. Well, I think so, too. I think they've just taken the word and used it for anything they disagree. They, if you disagree with them, that's what you are because it's easy that way. They can label you in a hurry. Yeah, but people big, have figured it I out, understand. Man. I really do believe that. It took that. a while, but people are finally there. When everybody's a racist, no one's a racist, and that's the way it is. Well, or if you're questioning COVID, the vaccine. Right. Science denier! Right. Anti-vaccine! Yeah. <sighs> people are freaking ridiculous, man. Okay. Um, There's another story out there. Um, I don't think this is... a surprising sort of survey it says over half of people are still friends with an ex. I don't think that's odd. Do no, you? No. Okay. If you have kids together in particular. Well, it helps to, yeah. to remain friends right. at that point. Yeah. Um, but it all depends to me on what do you mean by friends? David, I know you and I have had this conversation before. It's been a while. Yeah. But I think the argument used to be, and I don't know, honestly, I don't know if you've changed your mind on this, because I think it's been a few years where my point was, what do you mean by friend? Does that mm -hmm. mean somebody you talk to once a year? Or are you talking about, well, they happen to be in town, and so you're going to catch a movie together? No, nothing like that's that. That's not, yeah. no, that's not happening. Yeah. No. But uh, I think you pushed back on that a few years ago. Are you still in that boat? Yeah, I think it depends on the friend, and it depends on whoever you're with currently. And what the dynamics between the three of you and if that other person has a spouse or a significant other, what that what that dynamic is, it, it all depends. Right. Because it, it can be messy and take many forms. Mm -hmm. But like I have an ex-girlfriend of mine and it, it this was my point years ago and still is today is that we're friends. Mm -hmm. uh, I played piano at her wedding. And there's like no desire to rekindle anything. And I think that's a mutual agreement but we enjoyed each other's company we were a terrible couple but we, so if she we comes into town do you go out to dinner with her the two of you i don't see why that would be a problem no yeah i don't roll that way no what are you looking at me like no that no course, i guy? agree you with you no no i've heard you say this before yeah i no, not at all you wouldn't you wouldn't not play that game not at all not there's enough dinners involved. No. <laughs> <laughs> what about lunch? Not even really lunch. Just you know, coffee. I get, you get along, you get along because sometimes getting along is a is a whole lot easier than not getting along. That's for sure. Yeah. And if you do have children and grandchildren after that, and you share that, then that's you know, yeah, it's something that is good for everyone involved if you can mm -hmm. maintain that without being bitter and angry. And you could be bitter and angry. You just got to leave in the car when you go in. Yeah. You look around and go, I bought all this stuff, man. <laughs> Everything in here I bought. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, but I think I think we'll just probably agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, which is okay. Yeah, everybody gets to choose on that one. Yeah. You got to work it out with you and your yeah, significant whomever. other. Right. If they're cool with if whatever. If everybody's cool with it, then that's okay. Yeah. yeah. But, man, I've seen where that's happened before, yeah. where it was like a cool thing, 
And it was a little spark, and it turned into a ring of fire. Well, it just, yeah, and it, again, it all depends on the players involved. I've got other yeah. ex-girlfriends that I would never, ever go out one-on-one, like, on a, on a, like, just to have dinner or lunch or something like that. Because you couldn't control yourself, or she well, couldn't I mean, control herself? Look at me. She's helpless in my I presence. Know. I mean, huh. got that that's animal magnetism. That's why I would be afraid of if you having dinner with any lady. I mean, just between you and the rest yeah. of your millennial elk, you yeah. rise above the rest. Well, the there's something magic. There is something about a scraggly beard and a uh, beard and a beer gut, you know, that really. I think oh, the and moves a don't give a bleep attitude. I think the I moves think really that. sell it. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. We're a little okay. push-up bra. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guess who has uh, launched the podcast? Former, It's a former governor. Everybody's got one. It's a doozy. Okay. You're going to want to hear this. And much more straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I think we have fresh audio from the president. Uh, but if the script on this is right, I can't make heads or tails of it. Does it actually say the right yeah. that I pushed hard and I finally yeah. got changed to, to marry couples? So, so today he was talking about abortion at this little rally. There was one weird moment afterward where he grabbed this young woman's hand then like again rubbed her face with both hands and then held on to her hand for like a full minute while he was shaking other people's hands with that the guy's creepy and probably a diddler okay he's weird no oh my he's not right i'll say that no yeah he just made that girl uncomfortable in california the other day mm-hmm. with the crusty paw on the shoulder yeah What's going on? Don't with that? don't know boys until you're 30. Get away, mm-hmm. geezer! Golly! And what's Weird. this? So he, this is as he's touching somebody? No, no, no. Actually, this is during the speech before okay. he got grabby, yet All again, right. and sniffy yet again. He was talking about how our rights are under assault by this renegade Supreme Court that <laughs> gave a lawful order. When asked to decide a case about abortion, and he said, "You know they're coming. You know what they're coming for? Gay marriage next." Okay, we're still on that. Here we go. Okay, roll it. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed: the married couples in the privacy of their bedroom. No, excuse me. The mar- I'm thinking about the Dobbs, the Dobbs decision. Imagine. Well, I'll, I'll get to that in a oh second. Oh my God! <laughs> the Dobbs decision <laughs> had nothing to do with. People getting married in the privacy of their bedroom. And uh, the Dobbs decision, abortion in the privacy of your yeah. bedroom. I and, mean, and, and bah, uh, they're coming after gay marriage. And they, well, they can't be... Pre- you know what I mean. Yeah. You you know the thing. Again, someone knocked over the Scrabble board in Joe's mind. Hmm. Grabby and sniffy. By the way, that's on Adult Swim tonight. <laughs> those are the names of his. Those are the right. actual two names of his of his dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It was so close to Ren and Stimpy. What did you call it again? <laughs> well, David said Grabby and Sniffy. 
He said Biden. It was before he became grabby and sniffy. I'm sorry. On Adult Swim. We got to get to the Cuomo thing, but I got to hear that one more time. The right that I pushed hard and it finally got changed, the married couples and the privacy of the bedroom. Excuse me. I'm thinking about the Dobbs Dobbs decision. Imagine. Well, I'll I'll get to that in a second. Oh, God. Okay. Andrew Cuomo has launched a podcast, David. Yes, of course he. Yeah, of course he has. He is launching a podcast now, uh, I guess, to try to rehab his image. You know, the mm-hmm. first guess is going to be this is the disgraced, of course, governor of New York who, you know, had to resign after getting a little grabby, a little sniffy with the helm. <laughs> he did. And, oh, and also he like stone cold murdered like what, 15,000 old people in New Maybe. York? Yeah. Yeah, that that little thing. I mean, people cared more about him playing grab ass than him actually straight up murdering old people in the state of New York. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's got a podcast, and the first guest is going to be Anthony Scaramucci. The mooch. It's like scraping the bottom of the barrel with Boy, Andrew that Cuomo. A, that was a tough get, wasn't it? <laughs> guy's holding up a sign saying, please have me on your show. Oh, my gosh. Well, Chris Cuomo, you know, he had Ye on his show. Ye said mm-hmm. all sorts of anti-Semitic Dude. stuff. D- D- and Ye then- has gone into a really deep, dark place in his well, mind. And near the end, Cuomo, Chris, is trying to say, hey, are you taking care of yourself? But the yeah. way he phrased it didn't come out right. If you run that back. That's not what I'm saying. No, we got to go back before that. Have you been taking care of your health? And in terms of making sure that you are behaving and thinking <laughs> at your best. I love what you, you, the way you worded it, what you don't realize is when it runs back, People are going to say, wow, have you been making sure you're behaving? If you run that back, that's not what I'm you're going to be like, Whoa. That's not what I'm saying. You're trying to cheapen the point. I'm trying to make sure that you're healthy and you're taking care of nope. your health. Yeah, it was wild, man. Wow. Dude's going off the rails. Yay. This is the Mark McVeigh Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. No one not done that. The history books will note it. Yeah, this is the time of history. (laughs) (laughs) Joe said what about student loan debt forgiveness? Yeah, well, he launched the student loan debt forgiveness effort in earnest yesterday in spite of lawsuits against it. uh, Because it doesn't matter if the bailout actually happens. They just want to use the next three weeks to get as many people enrolled as possible to say, hey, we're doing this ahead of the midterms. And then there's at least a chance that the whole thing will come crumbling down. And, well, who cares? We we scammed people into voting for us. Anyway. Sure. Uh, Joe was asked about the lawsuits and whether or not that might, you know, throw a wrench into the plans. Okay. Yes. It, well, that's what's going on right now. Litigation is, is underway. And I don't think our, our, legis- our legal judgment is that it won't, but they're trying to stop it. Hmm. I don't, we don't think so. I don't. What? What? I think if you 
What? Litigation is, is underway. Yeah. And I don't think our, our, legis our legal judgment is that it won't. Our legal judgment is this won't? Correct. <laughs> it won't be fruitful. And that his justice will prevail and people will get free money. <laughs> I think is what he's saying. You yeah. just come to fill in the blanks. Yeah. You know, this is where we are. This is the president of the freaking United States of America. I think I can. dog face pony soldier. No, I'm telling you. Know, I, I have no idea. It's like Mad Libs, man. Uh, I think it's more you like. You said a, he's the president of what? United States. There you go. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. There you go. It's yeah. like it's like trying to fill out a crossword puzzle printed from hell. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With made-up words used. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not even real words. Right. Brooklyn is governor and when he's pre-K. The pre-care Pre-care students, yes. Pre-care. Pre mm. Yes. Okay. Wow, man. I don't, did you see the story about Jill Biden? Yeah, I did. That she lashed out at White House staffers for not stopping Joe's uh, press conference. Oh. And this was <laughs> this the second solo press conference in January, and he kept taking questions as Jen Psaki signaled to the president, "Wrap it up, like let's go, it's time to go," but he just kept talking. Um. And apparently, for about two hours, uh, that's how long the uh, press conference went on. And then Jill Biden pops into this meeting because you had all the White House officials kind of rehashing Biden's performance. And this is a New York Times story, mm -hmm. by the way. This isn't, you know, it's like some conservative outlet. Resources. She pointedly asked the group, which included the president, why nobody stepped in to stop it. <laughs> this sounds like a boxing match. Yeah, like a price fight. <laughs> Throw in the Throw in towel. The towel. <laughs> yeah. The guy's hemorrhaging out there, okay? I mean, uh, imagine. Throw in the towel. What's wrong with you? Where was the person, she demanded, who was supposed to end the news conference? <laughs> Where was the ref? You're supposed to call the fight. Yes. Yeah, apparently Saki was motioning to Biden it's over, but the president kept going, prompting Saki to stand up again about 20 minutes later and walk to a door about 50 feet away from the seating area in another apparent attempt to end the questioning. As the story goes, a short time later, the president asked his audience, which was limited to 30 reporters due to the pandemic, but was not asked to observe social distancing guidelines, how long they wanted him to continue. <laughs> Gosh. He looked at his watch. Biden said he'd go another 20 minutes. But he went on for another half hour. And Jill was very upset. How did you let this happen? I, I bet, man. You want, you want to hear some of the audio from that time? I do. Yes. I haven't previewed any of this, but I'm just going back into our archive. And oh, yeah, let's do it. This man. is called Cables Are Heading South, Joe Biden on Schools Being Closed. <laughs> okay. A lot of the speculation in the polling data shows that the, um, that the uh, cables are heading south. <laughs> They're losing viewership. No? Well, Fox is okay for a while, but it's not baited. And a lot of the rest are predicted to be not wow. very much in the, in the mix in the next four to five years. I don't know whether that's true or not. But I do know 
that we have sort of uh, put everybody in, put themselves in certain alleys. And they've decided that, you know, how many people who watch MSNBC oh, also watch Fox other than their politicians? This was a question about school closures. Oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder she's like, somebody stop it. He's getting brutalized out there. Do we have a bell? <laughs> it's over. <laughs> Uh, this is called Americans are sifting through what's real and what's fake. Okay. Oh, I think it could be, but I hope in God that they're, uh, that, look, maybe uh -oh. I'm kidding myself. As time Stop goes on. <laughs> it's like those WWE guys, those announcers. Oh, dear God! Someone needs to stop the carnage! <laughs> <laughs> this is aptly called, I have no idea why people worried about my cognitive fitness. Why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness? Thank you. I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Oh my gosh! See, you got to laugh through this right now. Oh. It's terrifying, but you got to laugh. Well, I don't it. remember that. I don't. That I remember first it going one on, is just and, and I remember at the time talking yeah. about it, but I didn't know the backstory oh, that yeah. she was, you know, like what, yelling at people afterwards. Wasn't there a question yesterday for Jean Claude Pierre Van Dam Mellencamp that was asked about the fitness of John Fetterman and how the president felt about it? Yeah, and she said, "Well, the president thinks there's there's no problem here. There's nothing wrong with it." Right. I'm like, well, that bar is pretty low, isn't it? Well, yes. <laughs> well, that's just it. Right. Goodness gracious. He reminds man. me of me. Yes. And Jill, again, what was she doing at the Eagles game the other night? I mean, with everything going on, that was just not a good look. And yes, she did get booed. I don't think there's any cussing on it. I oh. mean, it's just the sound of booze and then somebody going, let's go Brandon. Let's go. <laughs> but she said it was uh, an honor mm -hmm. because she is a big fan of Eagles. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's John Fetterman right there. <laughs> of course, he makes sense to Biden because he had the famous words. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. Right. <laughs> Running for Senate in Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> Nuts, if you man. just landed on this planet. I know. <laughs> it's. And you it's heard good, this. But I think we're close to turning the thing back around. I'm open. I mean, there's you got to have hope. But it's crazy. Well, yeah, of course, compared to Biden, Fetterman could do the job. Well, sure. Jeez. Setting the bar pretty low. Hey, did you see. Um, not that it's a huge deal, but interesting. Tulsi Gabbard just left the Democratic Party. And again, I thought she left it a long time ago, but officially left it within the last uh, week or so. She's going to campaign for Carrie Lake in Arizona. Cool. For the governorship. That's, that's a good person to have by your side. So is that pretty much telling us that Tulsi Gabbard's going to be a Republican? Or not so much? I don't oh, know. Oh, I think so. Yeah, is she's... this like a gig in media, or is this... 
She's looking for a political career. What do you think? I think it's looking for some sort of career. I, I don't listen. I'm 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 all fine with how uh, <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard basically took Kamala Harris's presidential campaign and knifed it between the ribs. Yes. Um, and but come on, uh, she's still a lefty. Yeah. And I think all you got to do is change your positions on yeah. things. I have no idea. I think she's good at what she does. Yeah. But I mean, when it comes to politicians, I don't trust anybody. But if I was Carrie Lake, I'd welcome that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I think that could be helpful. So we'll see about that. I thought this was an interesting story. And I know nothing about this band other than they're huge. BTS. My granddaughter. Yeah. Big, big fan. The band from South Korea. The K-pop. Yeah. Yep. It's like the biggest band in the world that no one over the age of 30 knows. That's true. Yes. You know, their career is going to be put on hold until like 2025. Did you know about this? No, I just I found this out. I thought it was interesting because in South Korea, all able-bodied men between 18 and 28 are required to do at least 18 months in the military. Oh, wow. So they all got to serve their time. Said they would, you know, gladly do it. Wow. So the oldest is going to do it. That is Jin, J-I-N. Um, he's got a solo project, apparently. Ah. You want to watch out for that, Scott. It's called Private Jin. <laughs> <laughs> then the others will follow at some point and then back together in 2025. Okay, I saw this and I thought, man, this would speak to my dad. Joe Markley has been telling me for years and years, telling you right now, 18 should be a couple of years of service. And he used to say in the military. And, you know, having talked to him about it over the years, I'm like, well, what, what about some sort of like Peace Corps thing? You know, what if, you know, it's, it's something else. What, whatever it is, you got to serve the country for two years. Yeah. A little that, appreciation. Well, learn yeah. something. A lot of those guys, my dad was like that. Just, you know, you should have to give something back to the, your country. Yes. And he got drafted too. So, you know. And, you know. Okay, you can tell me this is a terrible idea. Thinking to myself, okay, if you were to do that and somebody said, well, they're just not built for the military. Or it was assessed they wouldn't make a good soldier and they didn't want to do it anyway. Okay, there's a lot of other things you can do. I'm thinking about cities across America, different areas. It's a freaking garbage dump. Go pick up garbage right. for yeah. weeks on end. Clean up the yeah. place. I mean, Community some, service. Yes, yeah. Oh, you do that. That's that is something that would be probably very expensive for the government to go into, but it's not without precedent. And if you just say, "Hey, if you're when you're 18, you're going to serve a year in some sort of public works," yes, whether that is city beautification, whether that is some sort of engineering, whether that's military, something. A lot of countries do something like that, where you're yes. not necessarily a soldier, but you're like Germany, I've got cousins in Germany who they do that. It's like a year or whatever. They go out and do it, and it, it, it definitely gives you some time to have a purpose and sort things out before figuring out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Well, if nothing else, I mean, every time you go to the convenience store and, you know, get something to eat and drink and just figure, well, I'll throw it on the ground because that's my garbage dump. Maybe mm -hmm. you wouldn't do it if you had to pick up yeah. garbage for weeks on end. I don't know. But there's something to it. So, BTS better listen to that music now scott it's mm -hmm. going to be going very soon 
By the way, man, did you see what happened in Philadelphia? We were just talking about Fetterman and Jill and the Eagles and all that. That these dudes on dirt bikes and ATVs just ambush cops with bricks and bottles? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Get to that in a news update straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jerry Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw that Philadelphia police were attacked by these young dudes on dirt bikes and ATVs throwing bricks and bottles at them at this gas station. I saw the video, yeah. It's like, it feels like every day you're seeing video of something that just angers you. Unbelievable. Okay. And I guess it's because these guys on the bikes and the ATVs knows, well, what are they going to do? Well, of course that's why. Yeah. They don't fear any repercussions. Okay. Same reason they walk out of jewelry stores at 12 noon after busting up a case and just walking out with with handfuls of jewelry. They don't care. So what? What are you going to do? At what point do you consider that to be threatening the life of an officer? I think a brick would do it, wouldn't it? Well, I would certainly think that would work. Yeah, definitely. So is it within your bounds to retaliate with, I don't know, gunfire? Uh, Yeah. Probably depends on the situation, and it depends on, uh, well, who's going to prosecute you. Well, that DA in Philly, the cop would be hosed. He's going to prosecute the cop before anybody else. Unbelievable. So angry. I don't know if you saw this story. Uh, The United Nations is not happy. It's called for an urgent investigation. Because you had, well, 92 migrant dudes um, who were stripped naked and bruised and apparently distressed at the border between Greece and Turkey. Mm. And both countries are blaming each other for who did this. Mm. But the guys, mostly from Afghanistan and Syria, were found close to the Evros River, which marks the border. And some, I guess, showed signs of bodily injuries. They showed a picture, and all the dudes were covering up their stuff. But here, you can paint this picture as I show it to you. Oh, well. They're naked dudes covering up their... They're hiding them, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, they they look a little distressed. Get out of here. And all I could think about when I saw the picture... Mm -hmm. It's inhumane to put people on a plane and send them to Martha's Vineyard. I was going to say, it could always be worse. They could have been sent to that hellhole, Martha's Vineyard, <laughs> on a charter flight. Now, see, this is a deterrent for illegal right. aliens right here. This is a deterrent. Now, am I saying that's what we should do? I'm not saying that, but you need a deterrent. Mm-hmm. I'm, guess, I'm guessing the message is going to get out. I think. For- well, under the guise of there are no bad ideas, you know. <laughs> Well, I, I think for too long we've all been sleeping on the idea that Trump allegedly came up with, which was to stock the Rio Grande with a bunch of alligators. <laughs> right. Just, just right. throw a bunch of alligators in there. <laughs> what is it? Athens government spokesman Giannis Okonomo uh, said that Turkey was continuing to openly instrumentalize migrants with unprecedented and unthinkable practices of barbarism. 
Meanwhile, Ferretin Altun, the Turkish prime minister's chief spokesperson, said those allegations are baseless and false. Hmm. We didn't strip any dudes down and beat them. Tell you what, you send a bunch of people back home naked, running, to tell the other people. They go, you know, I'm not going after all. And I don't think I want to risk that. Yeah. That's a deterrent. Yeah, that would work. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day would be what, David? Uh, To me right now, uh, it's that the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, is saying that Biden deserves credit for lowering gas prices. Oh, God. Wait a second. She yeah. just said it wasn't the president's doing when it's, they went back it's up. It's like Groundhog's Day, isn't it? I, it's it's wild, man. Because he's working tirelessly, right? Be, because, you know, we're saving about $120 a month because of the bold action that Joe, Joe Biden... I can't even... I can't even no, say risking our security yeah. by tapping into the reserves again. Okay. All right. All right, Robbins, you ready for your big yeah, three of the day? Yeah, let's go. Let's do Got it. Got the Scott Robbins trifecta and a news update straight ahead. You don't want to miss it. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Scott Robbins, trifecta, and a few. News update, David Van Camp. Now, the White House is back to uh, bragging about gas prices, which is inexplicable, but uh, here here we go. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary today, talking about it. Gas prices have fallen by $1.15 from their peak. Uh, which was not too long ago. The 98 consecutive day decline this summer was the fastest in over a decade. Every month, the typical two-driver family saves about $120 at the pump compared to where we were in mid-June. Everyday Americans uh, Americans save about $420 million at the pump compared to uh, mid-June. Now, gas prices are falling again. Gas prices are falling again because everybody's on the same page. There's a recession coming, and it's going to be bad. I'm sorry. You can't polish this. No. Well, They're going to keep trying. You can't take credit for gas prices falling due to recession concerns while also saying, see, we've depleted our strategic petroleum reserve to help save people a dime per gallon. Uh, and it's actually at dangerously low levels. We're not prepared if there is a war uh, or some sort of natural disaster. We're not ready anymore. We're we're hosed as a nation. Um, and also, you don't really get to take credit when gas prices get up to whatever it was, like over $5 a gallon on average, uh, just a few months ago. You don't get to get, take credit because even if you look year over year, they're still 50 per, or 50 cents higher than they were last year on average not to mention over a dollar more than they were when Joe Biden took office i mean oh, yeah. you don't <laughs> an abusive husband doesn't get credit just because he didn't hit his wife last night i mean that, <laughs> it's not how this works <laughs> well yeah so 
the Putin price hike, it, it that went down? Is that what right. we're to believe? I, or was it the oil companies yeah. are not as greedy as they were two weeks ago? Right. Or those, those damn small business owners who right. were running gas stations, they finally listened and lowered their prices. Okay. All right. Um, because we're going to hear about this. I mean, again, would they be up with this war? Sure, but not to the levels if we hadn't decided to turn off the spigot of oil and gas and decide to go green all in at one time. It's just frustrating. And you've got this war going on, and who knows how long that's going to last. And, you know, you've got Russia now using these, like, old drones from Iran. Yeah. They're hitting all these cities, and you watch the coverage, and you feel terrible for the people in Ukraine. It's not that you don't have compassion. But again, you know Russia, when they're behind the eight ball, Putin, that's what he's going to do. If they blew up his bridge and everything seems to be going sideways with him. And it is this part, and we talked about it a little bit earlier with the Elon Musk thing, giving free internet basically um, for quite a long time now and saying, well, you should probably pay. And here's an idea for peace. And you've got Ukrainian officials telling him to bleep off. He's like, well, forget it then. Maybe I shouldn't offer this at all. It's just this sort of position, at least to me, with Ukraine. It's like a whole lot of demands without a lot of appreciation. Maybe that's just me. No, I don't think it's you at all. And I I wouldn't blame Elon Musk at all for going, you know what, fine. But part of the the end of the report from NBC with Richard Engel. And President Zelensky today commenting on this attack says it is more evidence why his country needs better air defenses and he wants Russia to be held accountable. Hoda. Okay, so is that leaving the viewer with this is something we should do? Get into this war with Russia? We're going to hold them accountable? What good comes from that? They go after the nukes. I guess the question is this. Is this war in Ukraine worth us getting into a nuclear war? No, but I'm not heavily invested in uh, electric car production, so. No. Or the vast military-industrial complex. But really, how many American people, if they were asked that question, hey, if it means they're going to get desperate and go nukes, do you think it's worth us to go in there and keep backing Ukraine and fight Russia? I'm guessing when it comes to the nuke question, mm-hmm. most Americans be like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Yeah. I'm all for supporting Ukraine, whatever, but I don't want to go that far. But it does seem like we're getting closer to that. Gosh, dang. I didn't mean it's scary with that. It's just. No, I know. Well, you keep wondering, okay, wh- what's the end game for everybody in that? I'm going to take my money know? out of Hunter Incorporated, though. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> divest, divest. <laughs> all right, you ready for your big three? Yep. All right, let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, look at you. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three of the day, always helped by his hero. Hi, it's me, Casey. Hey, buddy. Casey Kasem, top 40 and life hero. My guy. Yeah, I think Casey's ready. Yes. Okay. Three. Number three, uh, some NASCAR drama. Uh, Bubba Wallace has apologized and apparently made things worse. Now, Bubba Wallace, you got to remember, Bubba Wallace is the guy 
who said that there was a noose that was fashioned in his garage, remember? Right, yes. Because he was the only black driver on the NASCAR circuit, and they were out to get him. Or somebody was some raging racist that went on there. Right. As it turns out, that story never materialized because it wasn't true. It had been there for months. For months. And that's what they used to pull down the lever to pull the garage door down with. Right. Right. But that didn't stop NASCAR from overreacting and being nuts before any investigation was even done. Well, right. Bubba's back in the news. This time he got into a fight and attacked Kyle Larson, one of the other drivers in NASCAR. Actually ran him off the track at like 200 miles an hour. Went at him and bumped him off the track. I mean, which could have been just devastating. Mm -hmm. uh, but he apologized. Said he wanted to apologize for his actions. And with the incident involving Kyle Larson, he says, my behavior does not align with the core values that are shared by 23X Racing and our partners who have played a crucial role in my incredible journey to the top of this great sport. I want to apologize to NASCAR and the fans. I compete with immense passion. And with passion at times comes frustration. Upon reflecting... I love the reflecting part. I should have represented our partners and core team members' values better. I let my frustrations blow me outside of the car. You live and you learn. And I intend to learn from this because I'm so passionate. Damn it. Okay. So you're saying that made it worse? Well, yeah, because it's not. He never apologized to the guy directly that he tried to kill. Got it. By running him off the track. Now, I would guess. A lot of propping himself up there and pretending his great passion turned him into a raging a-hole. I mean, <laughs> if that's an apology, then okay. I'm not the biggest NASCAR fan on the show. I'm guessing, Scott, you're second. You might be the first, David, if you had to rank. Yeah, and probably. I don't think you're a huge fan, but you probably no. know more about NASCAR. So from the tales that you hear from this story... It's probably true that this was dangerous what he did. This wasn't your bumping somebody and knocked him out of the race, or was it the common sort of occurrence? No, he pushed him off the track. Yeah. This was worse than most. Because you, whenever I see two NASCAR guys go, go at it, they start, like, throwing haymakers. Yeah. I'm like, heck, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Fitting, rubbing, eating, race. He ran him off the track. Okay. And then got out of his car, Bubba did, and walked towards Kyle Larson and took a swing at him. Right. That's when all hell broke loose yeah. at that point. Okay. I mean, the commentator's like, oh, my gosh, he, you know, he did because he oh, did it on purpose. I saw a couple pieces saying the guy should be suspended. Well, I, yeah, he should be. Whether he will be or not is another thing. Wow. Because, well, he apologized. Passionate, you know. But you're saying not really an apology. No, it wasn't an apology. He didn't apologize to anybody. I wonder if Al Sharpton ever apologized for saying it was definitely a noose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think Al's apologized for Well, somebody should have apologized for that, right? I think so. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number two. Number two, New England might be facing rolling blackouts because of, well, <laughs> you know, energy shortage. Yeah, they run on natural gas. Supplies are drained right now to dangerous levels. They're saying right up front, hey, we're going to have to make some choices. We don't have enough gas to go around. And we want to keep people from freezing to death in their homes. And the lights may have to go out in series of rolling blackouts. We'll keep them out long enough so you're just shivering but not freezing completely. New England power producers are prepping for this. They rely on the natural gas imports to bridge winter supply gaps. Now, why is that? Well, if you're an ace detective, you don't have to be. Utility companies in New York, Connecticut, New England projected supply shortfalls. They said like 10 years ago this was going to happen. New York and Pennsylvania sit on some of the richest gas resources in the country. 
The company's requested new higher volume pipelines to carry natural gas because of the demands of New York City. No! <laughs> You're not going to get it. They're like, okay, what are we going to do here? We, got not, we don't have enough supply, idiots. <laughs> what about those windmills? That's right. And solar panels or something. Golly. So you're going to have rolling black. I mean, this is like third world country nonsense. There were Jamokes saying there's the infrastructure's not there. They told him 10 years ago, listen, let us do this and we can take care. No, no. Wow. Okay. You environmentally unfriendly monsters. <laughs> well, because it might, it might hurt the habitat of some endangered butterfly species. Yes. Okay. We'll have none of it. And forget the eagles. Yeah. <laughs> forget about them. We don't care about them anymore. Okay. The There's a third one. Oh, yes. Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day up yeah. to one. I... <laughs> I love this story, yeah. by the way. New Jersey grandma ranks all ten of her grandkids, and you love this idea. I do. She's got a system. She's got all their pictures with little magnets, refrigerator magnets on her refrigerator. Yes. And they're graded one through ten. And you can move up or move down. On uh, how much three. grandma loves you or not. <laughs> Two. Based on <laughs> based on whether or not you disappoint grandma. You so if you do all of a sudden. Four. You, <laughs> right. You just keep dropping. You just keep dropping. Um, she said one, one will take you down two spots if you get a tattoo. <laughs> Immediately. Oh, no. You drop two spots for that. If you, have a, if you have a child, you go up a spot. Okay. Three kids. Two tattoos. What if you had one tattoo but you added on to it? A couple of times. You'll go down. Every, for every, every tattoo time? added, you go down. Okay. So she ranks them one through ten. Right now, the oh. number one and two positions are safe. One is a dentist. The other is a vet. That's one, two. Right now. Okay. Uh, they don't have any tattoos. What if you're, like, in radio and you got a few tattoos? Well, you Six. <laughs> no, you're, you're closer to ten. Uh, nine. You're going to stay there. Shut up, Casey. I just think it's great. I think it's funny. I laughed out loud at it because I know people with lots of grandkids. How's your fantasy funny. team doing this year? Right, yeah. If they had, like, the little helmets like you do with the little standings. Right. To move your grandkids up and down. On the... Yeah, and if you don't visit for a while. Yeah, you, you, get... you drop. Yeah. Four. Right. Okay, we get it. Yes. And there you have it. All right. Scott Robbins trifecta. Top great idea. Today. Great idea. <laughs> Love it. All right. Much more to get to. Um, another news update from David Van Camp. I got five stories left to get to as well. Right. Oh, and we have Nimrods in the news. <laughs> I'll just save it. It's one you don't want to miss. Straight ahead, right here. Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Man, this is despicable, isn't it? Uh, in El Paso, apparently the Biden administration has been leaning on city officials there to not talk about the migrant crisis too much. So if you remember, we talked about this. Up a few yours months. administration, we got a freaking issue here. We yeah. do have a catastrophe. Yeah, there are a lot of Dems there and, uh, you know, they want to play ball with the big guy in, in Washington, D.C. And so they've had this issue, obviously. They've got, what, at least a thousand people every night sleeping on the streets, plus all the shelters are full. 
And a few months ago, we talked about this, where they were going to declare an emergency, and then suddenly they changed their mind. And it was really weird that they would do that. Well, it turns out that somebody from the White House actually contacted them and said, hey, don't do this. We don't want to call too much attention to what's going on. Wow. And media got their marching orders. Yep. It's interesting. And I don't know that a lot of people around the country know this. El Paso has sent many more busloads to New York City and Chicago than Greg Abbott. It's like 11,000 to Mm 3,000 to New York. Yeah, Yeah. I didn't know that either. Well, they had worked out an agreement, and again, it was sort of on, it was hush-hush. Like, oh, we're not going to do that. Uh, We're not going (laughs) to, we're going to talk about it too much. But it's that big mean governor who's doing it. Yes, that's what you hear from New York City, the mayor there, or Hochul, the governor. Wow, man. Okay. Man, we got a lot of Nimrods to get to a better... Gotta get to it. Get when the going it. gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. We'll start in Oakland. Uh, this happened this past Friday. This is a wild scene. A woman runs into a restaurant saying, my life's in danger. And then a dude runs in after her, puts her in a chokehold. Okay. So the employees at the restaurant were dressed as Power Rangers. I saw that. They immediately jumped to the woman's aid. So you had the Yellow Ranger and the Black Ranger ask the dude to leave. He swung at him. So the Yellow Ranger blocked the hit, grabbed the guy's collar, and started dragging him out of the place. They told the woman, just hide in the kitchen. The dude is kicking and screaming all these anti-Asian racial slurs. Really? Because the place is run by Thai people. Right. So the Power Rangers got him outside, called the cops. Takes the cops a half an hour to get there. During that time, dude was going crazy, throwing stuff at the windows, trying to get back in. And apparently he did. So the Power Rangers went out, locked the door, and then piled on top of him until the police got there. Whoa. And then the cops detained the guy and said he was having some kind of, quote, mental health crisis. Yeah. Um, still being evaluated. By the way, the pink ranger told the customers, hey, the food's on us, All right? And if you're asking why were they dressed as Power Rangers, they were trying out the costumes on Friday nights as part of a themed kind of thing. <laughs> Wild scene, man. And then uh, I got uh, ex-girlfriend's mom's ashes or meth in pumpkins. What do you want? <laughs> meth in pumpkins, oh. sure. Okay, Okay, so uh, last week, U.S. Customs and Border Protection uncovered more than $400,000 worth of meth in a 2012 Ford Escape arriving from Mexico. Supposedly 44 pounds of liquid meth. They were inside 136 condoms, which were stuffed inside four pumpkins, like hollowed-out pumpkins. (laughs) Unreal. Linus is over there weeping.